This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley in Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. An easy finish, really, for Sergio Torres, heading past him into an empty net. It's very disappointing for Crystal Palace, and it's 2-0 Crawley. It's horrific, but it's, it's much, much worse as being in the press area in the Crawley main stand. <laughs> having to hear them chant, who are you, at the Palace Benz. Live interviews. The deal that's done, are you uh, that you got the message about? Is it is it definitely done? Or hopefully, yeah. I need to get off the phone really and, and find out. But, um, <laughs> All right, that will let you I go. Think, then. I think it, I think it was the midfielder or the striker. I'm not sure. One of the two. Expert analysis. Peter Ramage has gone on a season-long loan to Barnsley. Uh, Dog going. <laughs> 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 Cowbells! <laughs> that was utterly ridiculous. Way! Oh dear. Oh, dear. Right, don't milk it. You get rot on my teats. Move along. <laughs> yeah, keep churning them out. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm the host for tonight's show as we look back on another eventful week for Crystal Palace. With me tonight are Alex White. Hello. Hello. And Joe Holyoke. You alright? 
Yeah. Mm. Good. <laughs> Caretaker manager Keith Millen took charge of the Eagles for the final time as it, uh, as we made the long journey north to the KC Stadium. We'll be reviewing that game in detail as we celebrate our second win of the season and our first away point of the season too. Uh, we'll also take a moment to discuss the appointment of Tony Pulis as manager. And finally, we'll look ahead to next week's away trip to Chris Hewton's Norwich, uh, who lost 2-1 to Newcastle in their last game. And we'll ask if we can continue our recent progress. To contact the show today, you can send us a tweet to at HOL Radio. You can message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email us on radio at homesdale.net or give us a call on 0208 1234098. You can also visit the whole radio chat room, holradio.net forward slash chat to talk with fellow listeners live about the topics of discussion. And don't forget, you can listen to Homesdale Radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the TuneIn Radio app. It's free to download, and once installed, simply search for Homesdale Radio to locate the station. First up, here's a round roundup of the main stories from the week in News in Brief. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. Christian Palace Football Club are delighted to announce the appointment appointment of Tony Pulis as manager on a two and a half year contract. Pulis will take charge of the first team from Monday following a watching brief at the KC Stadium yesterday. Pulis has been out of football for six months following a break after leaving Stoke City at the end of last season. I'm sorry, it's me. The study centre are looking for a whole the ladies' evening on the 26th of November, this coming Tuesday. The event starts at 7 p.m. When? 7 p.m. And he's in the chocolate champagne, relaxation and fun. Tickets are I'm just going to clarify that you just said the CPFC Study Centre are holding a ladies' evening on Tuesday the 26th of November, this coming Tuesday. Um, the event starts at 7pm and is billed as an evening of chocolate, champagne, relaxation and fun, with tickets just being £10 and the money raised by the amazing work the Study Centre are doing. Is that what you said, Joe? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Alex? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> well, I think what you're probably trying to say is that there's 20, just 24 hours left <laughs> to get your hands on one of the players' special poppy shirts as worn in the match against Everton. The actual shirts <laughs> worn by the players in remembrance of those who gave their lives on active duty for the armed forces. Uh, art for bids on eBay. Search the eBay user 2010CPFC2010 to find the shirts listed. The proceeds of which will go to the Royal British Legion. News in brief. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 1234 Homestyle Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. Hello. Um, well, by way of an explanation for what um, for what actually just occurred, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid basically that um a picture of me as a child has basically gone around the internet and uh that picture kind of turned up 
while we were trying to re- record that particular thing. So um, that was why we were unable to sort of talk sensibly and uh, and laugh. I'm having real problems with our, our sound at the moment, so if I sound like I'm shouting, uh, I apologise. Um, but in a moment, the producer will realise what he's doing to us and will, um, we'll, uh, we'll of course... Uh, help us out but at the moment we've got a load of white noise in our, in our ears so we'll, we'll just try and carry on there we go that's much better sorry about that you would that you would have heard that absolutely fine so that probably makes no sense to you bye guys <laughs> yes yeah that was very funny that was extremely yeah. funny um if you want to have a, seen it yeah if you want to have a look on the uh homestay radio twitter that's at hol radio um i'm sure mikey will cer- certainly be circulating the picture caused us to um you notice that i wasn't laughing quite as much as everyone else because essentially <laughs> essentially it's laughing at me as a child because i was poor <laughs> but um but do enjoy that picture because it's i mean the fringe is something really special but look we're here to talk about palace i won't keep you too any, any longer on that um it's been a big week um not only have we finally got a new manager after i think it was over four weeks in the end of waiting but um Turns out it was it was the guy who was, <laughs> was the favourite straight away on the first day. So we'll be talking about why that was. But uh, Tony Pulis is now in charge. But um, Keith Millen's final game was was against Hull City. And um, sorry, just scrolling down and there's that picture of me again. <coughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm going to start with with obviously it was a one nil. Excuse me, it was a one nil win uh, for Palace. Um, goal in the 81st minute by Barry Bannon, tapping, followed some excellent work by Cameron Jerome, and it was just after a, a red card for Yannick Bellassi, which we'll be talking about in depth shortly. But uh, Keith Millen's uh, comments after the game, um, he said, "From a personal point of view, I'm delighted. From from the players' point of view, they thoroughly deserve the win. I'm so proud of this group of players because of the effort and commitment they have shown over the last four games while I've been in caretaker charge. Today we rode our luck at times." showed that bit of quality for the goal that was needed and defended for our lives. And I think, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic summary of the game. But um, obviously we've got to go into a bit more detail than that, lads. But um, I mean, first of all, if we can sort of talk about the, the game as a, as a spectacle, obviously hopefully both of you saw saw it one way or another and or, you know, at least listened to it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, from my point of view, this, the, the game it wasn't it wasn't a great game of football by any stretch of the imagination, and we certainly let Hull have an awful lot of the ball. And, and the first half, they certainly looked the stronger side. I felt, but um, the longer the game went on, and that sort of towards the end of that first half and throughout the second half, I thought we we got confident. We started not to sit quite so deep, and I think you could see the tactics were that we were going to push on in those last sort of twenty minutes and try and get something from the game after keeping it tight, and absolutely played out brilliantly. Um, but the key point for me, I suppose, Alex, a sort of a turning point, if you like, was uh, Spironi save from Yannick Sagbo. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, Gabadon sort of let him through there. And, and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of stuff surrounding Spironi and people saying maybe his time's up and what have you. But even there, he's just kept us in the game there. And that reminded me of the Brighton save where uh, Barnes has gone through, Spironi's tipped it onto the bar, and the whole game has changed. Mm. And, and, it, uh, and it worked in our favour today. Today? Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like today. I got home today, put it that way. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's it was just it was just a key moment, and I think Spironi. A couple of people questioned him recently, um, whether or not he's dominant, whether or not he's a strong enough keeper for the Premier League. But yet again, he pulls a moment out like that where it, it's just genuinely good keeping, and it and it's. I think Hull, if they'd gone on to score there, we'd have found it very very tough to get back into it. But I mean, as it turned out, we um. We've we very much made good on our possession late on, and it's a, it's a good finish by Bannon. But the the work from Cameron Jerome was was fantastic. Um, I want to talk about the whole Chamac Jerome situation now. Obviously, the first thing to sort of reference is anyone who's watched the match of the day highlights. 
would have seen uh, Gary Lineker and co pretty much laying into Shamak and then pointing out that Jerome did all the work for the goal. So um, I suppose if you were to judge it on highlights, you would you would say Jerome was better than Shamak and and all that sort of stuff. But basically, Shamak was doing I thought was doing a really really good job uh, of being the, the the isolated hold up player. Uh, certainly better than he's done in recent times, and uh, you know, trying to play on with quite a serious head wound, I've got to commend him for that. And, and Cameron Jerome, I have to say, that's the first time I've looked at him in a Palace shirt and thought we could really add something here. So both of them deserve praise, in my view. Uh, Joe, got a view on that? Um, well, yeah, it's just it's unwarranted. <coughs> Excuse me, it's unwarranted by the match of the day. You know, all I heard was just oh, your lack of quality. But we know we haven't got. Man City-esque players playing for us, but what we have got is battlers, you know, and and Shamak, it took two really big headbutts for him to eventually go off, but, you know, you know he's, but he did, didn't he? He got done twice. Um, but it, he's, what's, what's up? I think, I think Alex has just seen the tweet of me as the milky bar kid, so oh, no. just, move, just move slightly for, for a run. Alex, um, get your composure back and but no, it's hard for me. Hang on, hang on. Don't go look at the picture of me as the Milky Bar kid. We're reviewing. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no I, I, it, it, what Shemak does, what Shemak offers us, is is uh, is to hold up much as much the same at the moment, but without the you know the actual end product that that Murray does with the you know with the amazing ability mm. to flick on, uh, to hold up. Um, and he will only he will get better. That's the thing. Once they they were thrown together, you know, I know they've had a little bit of time, but then the team has only been as a as a for two or three games now as a you know or two games as a, as a whole eight people with just a few new faces. So that it's going to take a little bit more time. But I mean, Cameron Jerome is uh, uh, getting onto him has always had that that uh, the praise or the you know um, the ability to do stuff. It's. Uh, I think we just saw for the first time, like you said, Chris, the first time. Uh, you know what other people have seen in playing for for their other clubs. Mm, I think um, on on that on that comment, because I noticed Patrick O'Connor's tweeted in saying he's sick of the stick that Chamak is taking. That he's worked hard this season, not had a lot of chances. Really hope he comes good. And I think I think most Palace fans would echo that anyway and say that not only has he taken a degree of unfair stick, but you know there is a genuine hope that he that he that he will settle and and do really well because he's got. He's got skills, but I mean, he let himself down, in my view, a little bit in recent times. But not through lack of hard work, just through just through not making the right decisions and not having the confidence to take take a shot. But on the point you're making about Jerome, it's, it's absolutely worth noting that okay, it was a sub appearance, but it was early in the game, so he got to play up front in the position that he's you know used to playing for a quite a substantial period of the game and played that position well. The only other time he started, I think he he played out on the left, so. It's been, it's been very hard to judge, and I mean, we, all, we all do. We always try and judge a player when we first see him, but it does take them time to settle in. And he just looked like he had settled in and actually was playing a role that he was comfortable with. And he did it brilliantly. They both did brilliantly, but certainly Jerome stepped up from anything we'd seen of him in a Palace shirt. And the work for the goal was just absolutely sensational. I mean, Bannon, obviously, great of him to get, on, get in the box and get on the end of it, but the little interplay between Gale and, and Jerome was fantastic. Jerome's just outright skill to drop the shoulder and then go the other way you know, and put it in the right area for someone to tuck it in and that's that's the 81st minute of the game and to have players willing to get in the box at that stage when we've not had possession of the ball was just it was very very encouraging and you've got to 
sort of take your hat off to Millen for for and getting the team organised. And a few minutes earlier, losing losing a player mm. through a tackle, which was never a, which was never ever a red card, no. never ever. I mean, I'm hoping that for once, you know, um, that the, the FA do see see that. And I mean, maybe he went in a, a little bit. Not, not he's not he's not that kind of player. Do you know what I mean? He's gone in mm. a little bit of studs up. But the other thing as well, that Livermore. I mean, even the BBC commentary in the end said, "Wherever you do, Palace, don't go near Livermore because he just falls over." Mm. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know. Him, him lying on the floor. The, the way that he acted after that was that he had a broken leg. The only, the only other time I've seen people waving like that, signalling for for help as such, is when they've had a broken leg. You know, yeah. it's just a, I hate it. That's the Premiership side the, of things. I hate really badly. I've, I've watched it a few times now. I have to say, at the game, uh, I'll get Alex's reaction as well in a second. Hopefully, he stopped laughing. But um, uh, the reaction, sort of, at the game immediately was that's one of the worst decisions we've ever seen. Like properly, because we're obviously we're waiting for Balassi to shoot and felt he sort of maybe held the ball a little bit too long. But you could see, you can see from the, you know, the back of the stand that he's he's basically slipped a little bit. Um, but he's tried to stretch and get his foot on the ball, and he's a bit high, but he hasn't connected. It's not even connected with the studs. It's sort of like part of his leg, sort of connected with uh, with Livermore. But Livermore's gone down, like like you're saying, and it just he's looking for for a decision. To be honest with you, when when it happened, I thought has Balassi been fouled because of the slip? I thought that when the whistle went that if anything was going to happen, it was going to be a foul for us. Well, that's and what it, I, saw, I saw the same thing on match of the day, and I thought I thought the referee had blown up for a penalty. Mm. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. Not, not so, a free kick the other way. And then I, you saw him, and I, well, we're going to talk about the ref in a second, because someone after the game told me who the referee was, uh, and then reminded me of certain things that he's done um, while refereeing games again, uh, for us before. And um, But basically, as soon as the, the the whistle went, you could see him immediately. There was only, The only thought in his mind was, I'm going to send this player off. He's backed, backed away from everyone. you know, no, and, and the players were just sort of, you know, obviously, no. At this stage, they didn't know that the red card was coming out. They're actually protesting the award of a foul, in my view. I think you sent him off on the on the reaction of the player. Yeah, that yeah. he's based. I think he's based that red card on the reaction of of Livermore, as he did. I mean, it it, it just got boring in the end. You know, mm. with, with with the commentary, just kept saying. I mean, obviously, I didn't go like you did, Chris. But I mean, you know, I did. I did listen to it, and uh, and it, and the BBC, like I say, BBC Radio London, they did turn around and say it's getting boring now. Every time they go near Livermore, it just falls over. It is, mm. you know, it's embarrassing, and I, I'm it, hoping, you know, it's to get a fellow professional sent off as well. Um, Alex, I bring you in on this this one first of all. I mean, obviously, you've seen the challenge. Um, I mean, just general thoughts first of all. I, I thought that Huddlestone was, was tugging him back and he slipped and then went into Livermore. So I, I thought that we'd got a free kick on the edge of the box from where I was looking. And I was going, oh, OK, that's fair enough. And then when he pulled out the red card, I, I wasn't best pleased and that's why my voice is probably a bit croaky now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And, and you talk about modern football and everything about it. The fact is that Livermore has won this free kick. That is everything about football, isn't it? That he's won this free kick. You go out to win a free kick. You don't get a free kick. You win a free kick now. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. A good way of putting it is, it's it's almost a cultural thing within the game now. But but I mean, you can win a free kick and not get a fellow professional sent off. Um, for, for you know, we all we all know what Yannick Balassi is like. He's not he's not one to to put in a dangerous challenge. I mean, even if even if he went out and actually did properly connect in that that situation. It's unintentional, but you could possibly have understood if both feet had left the ground and gone in the direction of the player and connected. 
you maybe can that was part of it, it though, Chris. Maybe he went. It's an attacker's tackle. He's one of those. He's a flair player. Mm. It's going to be rash. Maybe you know. Maybe he's just he's frustrated at losing the ball and he's just going to jump in. But I mean, ju- anyone, yeah. anyone in that stadium could see that wasn't the case, and that was the really annoying thing. And it was, to be honest, it is another one of those situations where I felt that it was building up to something like that because the referee he let he let a lot of things go for you know in favor of hull and and was very very picky against palace and i don't like to accuse a referee of bias but i in Andy taylor's case i will accuse him of bias i believe he's got form as well you know he's i i thought i thought he was only too keen to give the advantage to hull whenever it was possible but whenever whenever the situation came up for palace we got very little in return um anyone remember the game not too long ago where we played sheffield united I think it was Nicky Carl who got us a last-minute equaliser. But I think we had a player sent off for literally nothing. I got a penalty given for a coming together in the box that you see. Oh, every, I remember, remember that. It? Remember ben that Watson one? Got sent off. That ben was Watson it. Yeah. Got sent off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was on Sky. Yeah, that was yeah, that was Anthony Taylor who refereed that game. So um, he's got form against us, but um, and maybe would explain it slightly. I mean, we're not governed by the FA. We can say what we like. Anthony Taylor's a cheat. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> See, we can say it. I wonder if I'll get fined uh, maybe 50% of my whole radio appearance fee. Nothing. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll get a match ban from, mm. from whole radio. Well, I had that last week, and what happened? Joe decided to turn into a swear-a-thon. But anyway. well, it wasn't me, was it? It wasn't me, <laughs> nah. it was Gus, it wasn't it? It was Nick. It was the teacher got excited and, and it ended like a... Well, ten, it was like a student when there's a supply teacher in, wasn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to get in touch on any things we're discussing today, uh, at HOL Radio on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. You can message us there. You can email us, radio at homesdale.net. And there's the chat room, howlradio.net forward slash chat. <laughs> I nearly forgot that, what the word was. Hmm. Struggling there. Um, yeah, again, like... Uh, Don't say no, but the... Um, what I was also going to add was it was interesting on a day that, um, that obviously Wes Brown, I think, uh, saw... Red for yeah. for something that was was actually it, it's amazing that the Blassie red card wasn't the worst decision of the day. Um, that was an amazing tackle, wasn't it? <laughs> it's was a fantastic. What, what, tackle. What, so what about today then? If we're going on red, bad red, the Wayne, the Wayne Rooney one, the Morales well, one. Have gone. No, no, I'm telling you now. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I can't believe it. I, I honestly can't believe it. Oh, he didn't. I mean, that, that could have. As much as people don't like her Suarez, I mean that could have done him because that was a bad tackle. But then, and then you had the the the, um, the, the sheep warrior punching one of the Man United players in, yeah. or slapping him in the face in a pit. I can't believe that these people aren't being that these referees are missing that much. Did you know? We could see it. I, I can't believe everyone else can't. I, I think. That's it. Yeah, it, it we need feels... we need we need another we need a referee in a stand. I'm sorry, but these games, you know, these this, these decisions are costing points and and ultimately at the end of it millions of pounds. I think the thing for me is being in the Premiership. I, I was bemoaning the standard of the referee in the Championship, and I do think it's poor anyway. With greatest respect, there's some good refs out there. Believe me, I'm not saying every single one of them's poor. And all, but I, I do think that most of them. You know, I think there's one or two maybe that have kind of on a bit of a power trip, and you know. But I think you know pretty much the rest of them. Their, their intentions are good, right? They're, but they're human beings. They're on a pitch in front of thousands of people. Uh, they're alongside, you know, these guys that they see on TV, these super famous millionaire footballers. And I think sometimes it gets to them. And 
like you say, Jack, I don't know whether the answer is is a man in the stand or whether he's going to be influenced by where he's sitting or anything like that. But basically, what we're, we're seeing. I'm just going to say they get they get things. They seem to seems to me that we've seen evidence where they get they've got a thing in their head at the moment about um, the in, intent of a, of a tackle, if you like. You know, if you go over the ball, if you if you leave the ground, all this sort of stuff, and they're not look they're looking at something a bit too specific when they should be looking at the big picture, the general flow of the game, the, the way of you know the way the way a footballer behaves, and they, but they're looking at the steady things. They're looking at someone's basically said to them, "You've got to stamp out tackles where players are leaving the ground. It's dangerous. It's going to put someone's career at risk." And then they're missing things that are dangerous and are putting people's career at risk. It's it's bizarre at the moment, Joe. The, the, the biggest sports in the world, obviously, football is the biggest sport, right? And then you go down to cricket. Cricket's a, like a massive sport, played played around the world. And then you've got rugby, again, played around the world. In cricket, you have the ability to go twice to to a, a man in a stand with a slow mo, right? Mm. And, and and not just a slow mo with with other uh, uh, with snicko and stuff like that. With rugby, you have the ability. The referee on on the field, a mic's up referee, will tell you that he is going. He will tell the stadium he's going to the man in the stand. I can't believe that these games, the football far outweighs anything any other sport worldwide. Maybe apart from basketball, um, for money. And I can't believe that they, that, that we it, it, that they're not that they're not doing um, this. And the other, the yeah. other, I'll tell you just one more thing, Chris. Before mm. I forget, but before I forget, my eyes, I do forget things. Is that <laughs> this thing about oh it will slow the game down too much? People are rucking about going to Qatar in the summer because oh it will be too hot, it will slow down. They slow it down anyway. The, the mm. South Americans and and, and uh, Brazilians and they, they all play football slowly to the point where what they play when they want to speed it up and the way that football is going on at the moment it is becoming a slower game now fifty five uh, quid it's going to cost you to go Chelsea yeah. right and it's going to last what ninety three minutes at most mm. it w- you wouldn't be rucking if it lasted for two hours well for fifty five oh, quid I might be I'll be I'll have a hangover by the by the time the game finishes and I don't need that I need uh, ninety minutes is about enough time for it just to carry that drink buzz on and not get a hangover. But, um, but, no, ser- yeah, no but, serious point. You're making a serious point. Um, I want Alex to, to get in here very in, in, in a sec because I know you know he wants to make a point. But just on that slowing the game down, that's why I, I think you can't have... Because people would just, just, just end up disputing pretty much every decision and then when they got one wrong that they didn't refer, it would create a whole other thing. In my view, it goes back to what we talked about a while ago um, with regards to diving. We talked about... Um, Having a review system like cricket, where you've got a number of couple, you know, a couple of reviews, a half where you can refer to a, to a, you know, refer that decision and a red card decision or a penalty decision or a goal being awarded, those sort of things are the sort of things you can refer. But Alex, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, just the people in the chat room, they're talking about uh, the referee. Um, mm. They, a lot of them are saying that Jednak could have been booked maybe three or four times within his tackle. So. Just weighing things up, maybe mm. Anthony Taylor. Well, that, the ascending off was awful, but bar that, maybe it wasn't too bad. Well, I mean, that, that again, you, you always get a different view depending on what you're watching. I mean, as I said, I was at the game, um, and you get influenced by people around you as, as a supporter as well. In my view, he, he gave very little. I know, uh, looking at Twitter, Jack Evans has said that he thought he favoured Hull a lot, uh, and it ended with that red card decision. But I mean, I'm not for for one instance saying that that he was. You know, on every decision. Otherwise, it's obvious. But but I'm saying that, in my view, he looked like he displayed bias towards Hull City. In my view, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> they, so the home team always gets a slight bit of bias, unless you 
unless you're one of the big three or four. But I just want to go back quickly on Swear. We saying about um, about Shamak and uh, and Carrie Shaw, uh, Carrie CPFC. So it says he totally agrees with Patrick. Saw a stat earlier in the week saying that he, Shamak had won the most headers after Ben Tacky. Oh really? Which is, yeah, which is quite a uh, you know. We've got um, we've got some. It's a good thing to bring up actually because the, there's some interesting statistics that are sort of knocking around at the moment. I don't know if they're still valid or not. I think before the weekend's games, Joel Ward had the most tackles, most successful tackles, ninety-seven percent success rate. Um, we had Mina Yednak had the most interceptions of any player in the Premier League, uh, and now you've seen bringing up the one about Shamak and um, winning. I've got a good one. You know, go on. Cristiano Ronaldo has more hat tricks than Marin Shamak has shots <laughs> um, this season. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair, but then Shamak plays for, for us and Ronaldo plays for... Hasn't he got 81 hat-tricks or something? Well, his career, probably. Yeah. Not this season. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive, isn't it? Um, no, no, good, you know, good, yeah, well, that's, a, that's a fair point. But um, this week, Shamak um, gets, gets you know, nothing but praise from me for the way, he, the way he played and the way he tried to carry on. And obviously, Jerome's replacing him did an absolutely fantastic job. But, I mean, it was a, re- it was a real team game as well. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, Damien Delaney's pocket's a bit lighter now that he let uh, Lukaku out to play against Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And Delaney for me has been one of the success stories of the season, and I really enjoyed his. Um, he was very, very keen to get up and celebrate the goal, and then at the end of the seat, end of the end of the game, he made sure you know he he got all the way over to the Palace fans and brought a few with him, not just to applaud but to sort of congratulate Barry Bannon as well. But I mean, it was a it was a really strong performance from all the back four. Were great. We'll come to them in a moment um, in a bit more detail. Jednak was excellent. KG had a good game, but I felt it was right to replace him with O'Keefe um, with 15 minutes to go, as he looked like he tired and he was on a booking. O'Keefe was excellent when he came on. Uh, we talked about Chamak and Jerome both having decent games. Jerome in particular uh, playing a bit longer and doing well. Balassi went off obviously, but um, you know he was direct. He played overplayed a few times maybe. Um, but but that's what you get with Yannick Balassi. He's unpredictable in some ways, and and that's you know that it's both the good and the bad with him. And but he certainly looks like he's really starting to settle in at this level, providing very good width. Um, and Dwight Gale coming in um, for for Thomas. Um, I thought one of his best games in the Palace shirt, without a doubt. I think it wasn't a major threat. Got well through on goal once and just couldn't, couldn't quite connect with it um, after a really good run and a, and a good ball through from, I can't remember who it was now, I think it was Bannon. But, but I thought Dwight Gale was um, good. Alex, get a view on that, what do you think? Everyone knows my opinion on Dwight. I think he's absolutely fantastic and we really need to play him as much as possible. Yeah, me and too. He connected fantastically well with Jerome a couple of times and I'm th- I'm thinking, as much as I like Shemak, maybe I think that's a good connection there because you need to play Gale as high as you can. You need him in and around the six-yard box. You've seen, you've seen the goal he scored against Liverpool. He's standing on the six-yard box. Mm. This is where he's needed. He, to me, he reminds me of little Kevin Phillips. You need, you need yeah. to get him in and around. And well, because he's we, little. <laughs> well, he's he's the same not very nice. Yeah, he's a poacher, and he just gets on the end of everything. And and you give him the chance, and he'll score a goal. He might waste a few because he's raw. He's raw yeah. at the moment. He's young, and he hasn't had the chance. Let him let him make these mistakes. We we can't afford to do that, really. Being Crystal Palace, not in a bad way. We can't afford to let people go out there and make mistakes. Just yeah. make the most of him. Make the most of him before we waste him and ruin him. That's just the one thing. Let's well, let's not yeah. put him out wide. No, we just... we won't ruin him. We won't ruin him because what will happen now? We've got a, a manager with experience of having huge squads in the Premiership and seeing raw players because that's what he has done. He's taken on raw all his career. He's taken on players that other people don't want. 
and fashionable mm. players and made them into 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 Premier League players. I mean, he took yeah. an unfashionable club out of the and kept him in the in the Premier League for eight years. But I, there's, there's one little point. Just sorry, just quickly. Tony Johnson's turned around and said on the on Twitter, he said the whole shot of the. Um, was the bit of luck we have not had this season. Corner turned. Um, you cut out quite a lot during that, Joe. I don't know if you can do something with your internet while, um, while we deal with that. But um, I've sort of got the gist of it. A corner turned, I suppose. It's it's a bold statement. Um, I like to think that way. And I, I, very much, I sort of felt that way coming out of the game. I thought that uh, that we've actually, in the last... Under under Keith Millen, we, we've just very, very slowly started to turn, if you like, turning that corner. We've sort of like a like you know big turning circle of a ship maybe but we've got we're now heading that right direction i'm hoping that the introduction of a new manager in a way doesn't quite just dis- doesn't really dis- disrupt what we've been doing i don't think it will and i think a lot of the reason we won uh yesterday ha- had to do with the fact that uh, tony Pulis was in the stands watching the team i don't know if you agree with that alex to me that just absolutely epitomized palace there the spirit that we had in the end Think it made me think. You know what, Keith Millen has done a fantastic job. It, it's not been the most fashionable stuff at time, and and he'll tell you that straight. And some of it's not been brilliant, but he's got that defence right that game, and we just fought until the bitter end. You know, KG's come off. You said he looked tired. That's because he's worked his ass off for for 75 minutes. And you brought Stereo Keith on, who stepped up and got in the faces. Everything about the game, we just really wanted it so badly. And nothing against Holloway. It looked like we'd run out of ideas. And yesterday, everyone was well drilled knew what their job was and got the job done. I think it's a really good thing that you've pointed out there, Alex, in the, in the terms of the spirit. Seeing the, the celebrations at the end, it did look like the Palace of last season. Mm. You know, everyone's staying behind and spending time, you know, spending time with the fans. It's, just, it's a league game, it's one game, but they made sure that they came over and they took a bit of time to celebrate with us. And um, I think no, none more happy than, um, than Barry Bannon, if we could have a little chat about him. I'm a big fan of Barry Bannon. Since we signed him, I don't think he's had a bad game for us. Uh, I don't think, in fact, I don't. I think he's been one of, if not the best player on the pitch every time he's played for us. And he's just, in my view, he looks like a man who's who's kind of relishing the, the, the situation he's in at the moment. You know, degree of responsibility on him, but playing a position where he's got a bit of freedom, um, and he's you know, he's just got everything. He's two, he's very two footed, much more two footed. I think people give him credit for. Mm. Uh, great close control. He got speed. He gets up and he just gets up and down. He really is box to box. You, you know, one minute he's defending on the edge of his area, next minute he's he's trying to make a break into the the opposition penalty. Area. He he adds an awful lot to that team. And not only that, he, he's given us a bit of width as well at times, as because well, he likes to drift quite wide. Yeah. Um, Agreed. <laughs> yeah, no, because I think I think you look at the first few games this season, and and we're, and we're getting better at it now. But we just didn't keep the ball, and we even still we don't keep it brilliantly. But he holds on to the ball, even if he's running fifty yards and it goes off for their throw on. Mm. He's keeping the ball for a little bit longer, and he's relieving the pressure, which we haven't had other than him really and I think I think it's quite interesting because he splits a lot of people I remember after the West Brom game I turned to my turned to my brother and went oh god he was brilliant wasn't he Bannon and my brother went did, did he even touch the ball and I, and I just think he 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 splits a lot of people's opinions but I, I love him I think he reminds me of a Johnny Williams maybe not as, as direct as Johnny but and his set pieces are amazing imagine Glenn Murray on one of those set pieces Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Imagine we, one of those. We were we were talking at the game because um, obviously a lot of people felt uh, again one of the people at, I was at the game with felt that um, when 
um, a substitution was being made for K the K it ended up being KG for um, going off for Stuart O'Keefe at that point he, he said it should have been Bannon for Johnny Williams but like the rest of us were saying wouldn't it be great to have Johnny Williams and Bannon in the same side now I'm not sure we're going to get that under Pulis and we'll talk about our thoughts on on him managing the kind of the squad that we've got in a, in a little while, but I mean, Joe, just to get your your input as you've you've, re, you've returned on Barry Bannon, are you, are you a fan or are you in the camp where you're a little bit, you know, worried that he might drift in and out of games, that sort of thing? Um, I don't know. I, I, um, I haven't seen enough of him to be honest with you. Um, again, it's it, I think what will happen is our players are, are stepping up to the. the I think it's taking them. A little while to, to actually step up. Um, it, it's a it's a hard one. I mean, uh, I like him. I like him. I mean, I, I watched him against Everton. I thought he had it. You know, was full of energy. Shouts down well. Um, what was interesting was a, a photo in uh, in the paper this morning about after he scored the goal and he went over towards the Palace fans. Mm. Was how high he jumped up in the air. I don't know if anyone's seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was absolutely like he was miles. <laughs> now I'm thinking if that little fella can get off the ground that high you know he is again I thought Christ almighty he looks like he can he might be a threat in the air as well I mean he's, he's obviously settled he had a great game yesterday um, yeah I, I, I'm not in any camp where, you know I just he, he looks like he's enjoying himself now which is you know which is what we we all know that if you enjoy yourself as a Palace player then you then you you know you, you will play well for us and that's all we're asking. Um, so yeah, it, it looks like he's, it looks like he can be. He's played for a better team than us, hasn't he? That's the thing. Well, yeah, he, he has. But I mean, he, he was, to my, in my view, I, I go back to when we signed him, and he was still a young young lad when Gerard Houllier was at Villa. But Gerard Houllier started comparing him to sort of Xavi and Iniesta and people like that, saying he was that kind of a player. Um, and obviously, a lot of people laughed and sort of said, um, you know, strange comparison that was. But I suppose a lot gets lost in translation at times. And I think it it just means that he's he's a footballer who likes possession of the football. And well, we've already he, got Johnny Esther. Do we need two of yeah. us? Well, if you got if you've now got uh, Barry Bannon as, as his Xavi alongside him, we really <laughs> can start to be Barcelona thing. But um, not sure who our Messi is yet. But um, it was Wilf, but he pissed off, didn't he? Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, one last little word on the actual um, performance of the team, really, is to go back to the defence. Um, second clean sheet in a row. And that's that to me. That's a really big thing to say. I mean, we've you know, particularly when one of those games was against Everton. Um, Hull, I suppose, it, in a way, if you're being cynical, you could almost argue that it was a championship fixture. But it wasn't. I think we've both teams have moved on. But um, but certainly a clean sheet against Everton, another one away at Hull, um, who were, up until we beat them were unbeaten at, at home. Um, I think we've got a lot to be proud of, and I, I think both Ward and Moxie, are, are, we know we've talked about a lot um, as performing very, very well in the fullback positions, but um, Delaney I don't think has ever let us down, but Gabadon I thought was stepped up to the level yesterday, and I thought he looked, looked premiership centre-back yesterday. Um, any views on that, Alex? Yeah, I just think... It points fingers at Keith Millen again, doesn't it? He's come in and he's just stopped the rot. That was his job. Stop the rot. Get the defence sorted out. First thing he did was brought Gabadon back in with, with Delaney. That that adds to the spirit as well. Those two know each other. You've got that backbone. And I thought Gabadon... I, lo I loved Gabadon when we signed him. I thought, yeah, this guy really looks the real deal. Faded away at the end of last year and the start of this season. But absolutely fantastic yesterday. And I think that was best 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Best game Delaney's had as well, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, good stuff. Well, if both centre backs had their best games. It's no wonder we didn't concede them. Um, Joe, similar views. Uh, well, I need, I've got a couple of views off um, uh, off Twitter. Um, Bob the Eagle. He said um, I asked him if he had anything to say, but he said, "Yeah, Steve Bruce is a <laughs> see tar very much." Yeah. And then Bob yeah. White, who's uh, he's turned around and said, uh, "Do you guys think that Tony Pulis was always our first choice manager? Who else was seriously in the frame?" We'll move on to the Pulis in uh, in a little while. Bearing in mind that he is a he's our new manager, we haven't really said loads about it. So no, we, we, we're gonna. I <laughs> know. Oh, so we save that save that one. But I'll just uh, just nick that off of uh, off of um, um, and then uh, obviously Lee Taylor has turned around and said, um, "Hambo, is that really you?" Yeah, and no, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you up. <laughs> I I have just noticed that um, Mikey has been doing has been requesting four word reviews on my haircut as a child. Uh, if, you're, if you're missing out on this, it's on Twitter. Just uh, Twitter got got there. Yeah, Twitter dot com forward slash hol radio. You'll find us there. Um, I've just noticed Paul Stevens earlier on was talking about the ref when he said shocking my mum could have done better. He could easily have been talking about my hair. Uh, Gary Fox has said parents could be so cruel. Thanks for that. Uh, Jed Guy <laughs> says that haircut, child abuse. Thanks for that, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, Nick, Nick Gillard, we know him, uh, says Brady Bunch standing. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, I can't read out Albert's because it contains two swear words, but it's what the something something. Um, so thanks for the forward reviews of my childhood haircut. I was poor. I was poor. Okay, uh, but picking up on a, a tweet I did see, um, which bring us back to um, back to football. Really, um, Lee Taylor was um, mentioning that he was. Um, he, he mentioned that he saw Punch and go straight down the tunnel rather than joining the celebrations at the end. Didn't notice that myself. Um, uh, Lee's given a damning indictment to Jason Punch and for that. But um, it's a shame if he if he isn't settled and feeling part of things really because. Um, I mean, I know he's only a lone player as such, but I think technically we got him for the rest of the season, so really he needs to integrate, or um, he could find himself being sent back if that's a possibility. There you go. Uh, ben Angel says something that says even Savile wouldn't bother. That's, <laughs> that's pretty harsh. I think you'll find he would. No, hang on, what am I saying? Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> moving swiftly on. Oh, there's loads of pictures in my show document of me dressed as the Milky Bar Kid. Now, thanks, everyone. Thanks for your support today. Uh, I just want to make a quick mention to the crowd. A lot of people were saying uh, very good away support again. I thought by our standards we were a little quiet until we, until we scored, really. But, um, but other than that, I was uh, pretty happy. Um, and what I thought was a nice thing is the crowd were very supportive of the whole city. Um, this, their sort of campaign that they're not to be called the Tigers by their owners. And uh, I think there was a bit of banter flying about, but once their demonstration moment came, I think we were... Um, 
very very supportive of them. A lot, lot of round of applause, and I think it's nice to see two opposing sets of fans come together for for something that we do know it's wrong with football to keep. You know, to take the identity against the will of fans and I don't know how much people know about that situation but basically the owner's response to fans saying you're not changing our name to t- whole City Tigers his response was if you want your money back for your season ticket you can have it in retrospect that is, he is right he is right and I'm sure that there's been a few times when Steve Parrish has wanted to have said that as well mm. but, yeah no but, but the difference is I don't think we would I think well we saw I suppose with the the first badge gate situation that if the fans are against something entirely um and for logical reasons I think we 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 appreciate that we've got owners who wouldn't try and force that through because basically it's not it's 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 quite close to um to our badge debate I suppose in that but other but it obviously ignores the fact that a team's name doesn't change very often but a, a team's badge team's badges change all the time we've had you know Probably it was eight or nine in our existence at very least. Uh, we've already only ever been Crystal Palace, so I think I think putting a nickname in a the actual club name for for the sake of a brand, I think that's crossing a line in my well, view. Crystal Palace Eagles. How would you feel if they decided to call the club that? I personally would not mm. be very happy. So no, I mean, it'd I, be I all Americanized, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it do, it doesn't add anything to the, to anything. It's not. I don't see that as any. You're you're. Basically, you're um, you're appealing to football fans as the owner of a football club. So, to, to, so if you're talking about brand and you're talking about marketing, if you alienate the people that you're actually appealing to with your decision, I don't see how it can actually be justified. It, it's just weird to me. It, it shows to me it, it's almost like an ego trip again. Yeah, I mean, control freak. Kind you, of you, thing. you, but the other, on the on the other side of it, I mentioned this the other day, is, is that it, the, the crowd money doesn't really come into it anymore. It's all about just Premier League money. They could probably survive with, with zero crowds, in all honesty. I mean, we couldn't, but the, some of the likes of the bigger teams. But anyway, well, I just thought I'd mention today when you had um, the, the Bluebirds playing in red and the Red Devils playing in blue today, <laughs> which was, which was strange. Um, OK, listen, I'm going to take us through, some the, just to end the game review, take us through your four-word reviews of the game. Nick Amore says, ba- ba- Big Barry Bannon Belter. I like that. Um, Essex Eagle says, Millen's Red Blue Army. Tony Pears, Win When We Want. Gary Reynolds, We Are Staying Up. Neil Kite, Hard Work Pays Off. These are all good. I'm, I was going to skip some, but I haven't found any to skip yet. Rick Hedgecombe, thanks to Keith Millen. I think they echo that. Everyone will echo that. Um, and I, from what I hear, he'll be um, is quite like well. From what Steve Barrett said on the BBS earlier, in fact, it, um, looks like tomorrow may see an announcement regarding Keith Millen, and hopefully he's he's going to hang around for a while. Uh, Andy Ball says Norwich, you're next. You are next, I guess. Um, Paul Hannah says start of the fight back. Uh, I'm going to have to skip a few now because uh, we're going to run out of time. Uh, Billy Kemp, we take no prisoners. Elliot Richardson, three hours without conceding. <laughs> James Carter says, "Effing get in there. I like that one. Uh, Charlie Cook, only going to win once. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, I can't say most of these. Um, and John Copeman, we are Premier League. So there you go. That's your four-word reviews of the game. And to take us into the next part of the show, um, Colin Fernley emailed us about this, and he said, um, well, we now have a manager. As far as I could tell, four weeks ago, our first contact was with Pulis, uh, when we discovered he would cost a fortune and dictated his terms. Four weeks later, and 20-odd other sort of interviews, 
We've come to an agreement with the first person we contacted, whoever parish his team, to be congratulated because I bet we got Pulis for less than was originally indicated when first contacted, and I bet we were able to dictate our future terms of employment as well as reducing his salary. So all in all, a good deal, assuming, of course, he is the right man for us, which he probably is. At least with Moody and Pulis, we do have football experience in our midst to complement our amateur in football in terms of board of directors. Things are looking up. That's Colin, who's also known as Brinskull Eagle. Now... It's touched on a lot of the themes that um, that sort of we're trying, going to try and cover when we talk about the, the appointment of Tony Pulis. So, first of all, we've got to make reference to our own opinions that we've stated before. Uh, personally, I think my words were I can see the logic on paper, but for me, uh, I wasn't wasn't keen on him um, for the reasons that I just didn't feel that our squad was a squad that would suit his period of success, if you like. His period of success really is, is Stoke. Um, it's, it's wrong to suggest that he's been successful everywhere he's gone um, and I believe he was I, I keep forgetting the, the club he was at where he got sacked before they got relegated so the whole idea of him avoiding relegation at all costs and all that sort of stuff you know, yeah he doesn't have relegation on his CV because he got sacked before they went down that sort of stuff, but I don't want to get too down on it I mean he's, he's the man in charge um, he has got Premier League experience he is um, he has had a sustained spell of success at Premier League level that we, as a club, have never had. Um, so, I mean, Alex, I mean, what was your opinion before he was appointed and has the, his appointment changed your opinion? I think the one thing about Pulis is he's grossly underrated as a manager based on the, on the football that he plays from a results point of view and football is a results business completely and utterly. He has done an amazing job. You look at Brendan Rodgers and how he got the job at Liverpool from Swansea, from that success, I mirror that to somebody like Pulis, what he did with Stoke, although it was done in a very different fashion, he's mirrored mm. his success based on that. He got to the FA Cup final, he had Stoke in Europe, these are uh, unbelievable achievements, and we've got that now, and although maybe it's Crystal Palace the last few years, we haven't stood for, for football that people like Coppel, Dowie and Warnock have played, but... If it keeps us up, I don't care. I saw Neil Ashton tweet yesterday saying, I've never seen a football fan not celebrate a goal because of the way it was scored. If it comes off someone's bum or if it's a scrimmage mm. from 40 yards, I do not give a crap. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I think you're getting straight you're getting straight to the point, and I commend you on that, and it's the whole style of play argument. Um, I'm not making that point myself because I'm not worried. Again, I, I think style of play is overstated. I think people, I mean, people were talking about you know, we're leaving pretty football behind. We haven't played pretty football for a while, and most of my adult life, I can't recall Palace playing pretty football. We had a spell under Bruce where we played all right, but the nearest thing I, I can remember of sustained that we got to it was when Neil Warnock was in charge, and we um, and we had Moses on one wing and Sinclair on the other, and we played some pretty pretty good stuff. But I'm not fussed about style of play. What I'm fussed about is is whether or not we're the right fit for him as a, as a football club. And by that I mean, are we producing from our academy, bearing in mind that this is one of, the, one of our you know, big beliefs as a football club, is that our academy has got to feed into the first team. Are we producing the sort of players that he would want to use? Uh, do the players at our club now, or, or, you know, what kind of surgery are we going to have to do on that squad for him, for him to come in and, and be happy with the players he's working with? Because... I don't want to see us throw an absolute shed load of money at staying in the Premier League on a manager and on a whole new team when we've already just got another whole new team. Um, and my worry is that players, I, I always use Johnny Williams as an example, players like Johnny Williams 
may find themselves out in the cold because they don't offer everything that a Tony Pulis typical team wants. Now, my question is, am I being unfair in worrying about that? Bearing in mind, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen that way. It is what my concern is. Am I being unfair in not expecting a manager of his experience to be able to adapt to his surroundings rather than force his team into a specific, you know, preconceived image? Joe, what do you think? I think he... I, don't, I think we're going to see a brand of football uh, that's not going to be... We can't be like Stoke. We haven't got the players that Stoke. The, the physical size of the players. It's obviously not. You know. You know the type of of player that he likes. And it's. I'm hoping it's been made obvious to him that there's not, like you've just said, a, a, a load of cash to go out and spend on players. You know. Again, like like we have done. Um, I can see him bringing a different brand of football to to uh, to Palace. Um, I'm hoping it's a mixture of two. I think he has to evolve as well as a as a manager. I think for a, for the time that he was at uh, at Stoke, and let's let's not kid ourselves. I've I've said this again before as well. If you stay in the Premiership, it's worth the the following year. It's worth an extra hundred million quid. Yeah. And every single year you stay there, the higher up you get, the more you know. Stoke would have got bigger and better sponsors by staying in the Premier League not just that one year deal and let's see if you're still there you know he consistently kept them in now so they would have had an awful a lot of money an awful amount of money close to a billion quid I would have thought you know at the end of that eight year tenure that that would have gone through the Premier League at the front of that club so they're the kind of figures that we need to pass through you know to say that he's had not at his disposal but he has been out to get other play, you know, other players from from Premiership clubs like Robert Hoof when he came from Chelsea, he was playing first team football for Chelsea. Then I think they've brought a couple of players in, and they've just gone well, you know, off you go. But straight away, um, he was able. Stoke were able to to afford a Chelsea player. I can't see us being in that in in that realm at the moment at all. Um, but you know, I, I'm hoping that he's going to bring his. Well, not hoping he will bring his mass experience. Um, but I, I really do hope the one thing that he does do is, it, in some form, is keep Keith Millen because he's he's been a revelation in the, in the last three to four weeks. He really has, and he's brought back that spirit. And he, you can see that it's so yeah. plain as day to people that follow Palace. What I think's really helped that situation, and I, I know Alex has got um, a, a very much pro Pulis point to make in a moment, um, which we'll come to. Uh, what I think's really nice about. Um, with Keith Millen, you can see, but because he's not, because he's said I'm not not in the frame for the managerial position, because he's very much taken on the attitude I'm I'm the caretaker here. He hasn't lost that thing that assistant managers have, because assistant managers, to me anyway, are there as the go between the squad and the manager, if you like, because the manager has to be a little bit standoffish because he's the one who dishes out the punishment, he's the one who you know who criticises when it's needed. And you've almost the assistant manager is almost he's like the friend of the players, he's their mate kind of thing. And he's kept that going as manager. He's he's obviously asserted himself in no uncertain terms. He said, you know, you're gonna to have to do what I say until we get someone in. But he's you can see the players are still treating him like exactly the same as he was being treated as an assistant manager. And I felt I think that's hope helped bring them together. It, it reminds me of when Dougie left and everyone sort of had to dig in and we were still producing really good performances because you, we almost didn't need a manager. And I think Millen's managed to sort of epitomise that spirit. And I agree, but... Go on. 
I, I, I think I, took, I spoke to Danny Danny Topley in a week, and he told me he came a really really valid point. He said to me, "If I came into a new company," he said, "and I didn't know anybody, but everybody liked one of the one of the managers there. Of a, you know, everyone, and that manager knew everything about everybody." He said, "The one thing that I wouldn't do would be to get rid of him. I would keep him on board and go and it, and then use his information." About the club, about the players, about their attitude, about everything, and I and I and I hope that that in a, in the footballing sense is that that Millen is kept on as as literally a, a wealth of information about our club for well, Pulis because no matter you know he he will have to he will have to have someone trusted you know on board and and the player he's got the respect of the players he's got the respect of the whole club the fans and everything and Millen is a, at the moment to, to bin him would be detrimental in the whole circle of our club from the fans mm. point of view I, from the yeah. players and everything I mean I think either way he's either going to definitely either going to stay as as if if, if Peter brings Kemp with him uh, as assistant I think you could easily keep Keith Millen on as a coach uh, and vice versa. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't really think. I think uh, Steve Brown was saying that uh, Pulis has not actually stressed that he wants to bring any kind of background staff with him um, as yet. I think really he's going to come in and probably assess things for maybe a couple of weeks or so. And I, I you know, I, I can only see, I can only see people in in there at the moment being supplemented rather than replaced. I really can. I think we got a good thing going for the last few weeks, and it'd be, it'd be unwise in our position to start messing with that too much um no you're right I just think the only to... thing we were missing the only thing we were missing in our club is a manager not anything else yeah. as a manager that's all we because because he could literally be our director of football millen if you take him into that role right and then we've had the fella come over moody come over so we don't need any we don't need anyone else coming in as part of his team to take over because we've just got him you know, yeah. we've just got the new um, players. We've, everything is in position for him to come in and be a manager and hopefully yeah. get along and try and do everything that obviously Ian um, Holloway couldn't. If we can um, try and sort of, we're going to try and drag this back to Tony Pulis. Obviously, I was stressing the, um, I totally agree with you, Joe. I don't, don't wanna, I just, just need to move it on. Cheers, um, the, um, obviously, my concerns, I, I expressed them earlier, were, were the squad that's not a Pulis squad, all that sort of stuff, and the way he wants to play. And that, those are the concerns a lot of people have shared, and, and why a lot of people have said this, you know, death to the academy and all this sort of stuff, which I think is overstating it, uh, even though I understand the concerns. But Alex, uh, you pointed this article I've read, um, you wanted to bring it to, to my attention for this debate? Yeah, there's this, there's this article about Tony Pulis saying that he spent six months drawing up a plan to transform Stoke City, um, so he wrote this, took him six months to write this plan that he gave to Peter Coates before he was sacked. And, and basically Pulis spent this time going to uh, Spain and Germany. He visited Atletico Bilbao and Leverkusen and literally said he wanted to reform Stoke. And, and he looked and he admired Bilbao especially and how they trained and they used their academy and all their players came from their academy. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure we have to worry too much the academy uh, long term but I think short term yeah. definitely I, I think, can see Pulis wanting to make a few changes yeah. I think the pleasing thing for me is reading that, that report that he prepared that he spent so much time on the pleasing thing for me because it was a big surprise when I read it because up until it's only a couple of weeks ago I saw it and up until then you know, I was very very much in the anyone anyone else other than Coleman and Dowie please anyone else <laughs> other than Tony Pulis and 
I think we all got stuck in a little bit of a rut with it, to be honest, because every name that we were linked with, everyone seems to be going, no, no, not him, not him, and we ended up wanting people in that we'd never heard of. But um, I read that, and, I, and immediately I thought to myself, that sounds like a blueprint for what we've been saying for years, you know, as, as Crystal Palace. Academy feeding, uh, you know, professional academy set up with proper coaches spending the right amount of time with players. We've got that thing going in the Oasis school already. You know, it's a part of a plan we've already started putting into place. We know our fans love it when academy players come into the first team. We want them given chances. We want to see Carl De Silva come through now. We want to see Ryan Innes start to play a part in defence. All these things, all these names people have been talking about from watching the youth football. You know, Kai Kai, Alassani. We want to see these guys come in and get a chance and we just, we're seeing none of it. And if Tony Pulis is is that kind of a man that what is is gone out and thought to himself, there must be more to to w- football than being cynical and kicking lumps out of better teams. Let's try and do something. Let's try and change. Um, I think it's going to be. It, I think if that's it's the sort of plan he can definitely implement at Palace. And I'm I'm kind of almost clinging on to that as a, as a as an ideal as a as a sort of um, it shows that Tony Pulis is more than people give him credit for but we'll see well, I mean you can only judge a man by by the job he does um, and basically every time a player or or a manager joins a football club it's a clean slate in my view so um, of course he gets my backing and hopefully he'll get the backing of the majority of fans and we'll judge him on how he does and, and Chris, what he, does, he builds does it remind you of of our old manager Holloway do you not think that he went through this sort of stage once he left Leicester, he said, oh, I sat down and I thought about where football was going and I made these changes. I just thought it was quite interesting to link the two and how that yeah, CPFC I, 2010 have gone for a, a similar man again. That well, they are friends, aren't they? Yeah, yes, yeah. I th- but you've got to remember, I, I think about this in, a, in another way. I, was, I think that if you pretend that Ian Holloway was never our manager and that we were managerless and you were looking at out-of-work managers, most people would have picked Ian Holloway um, for the job. Um, and for the, for the exact same reasons, I think Ian Holloway. You've got to remember. I don't think, in my view, I don't think he's gone from any tactical failings. I don't think he went from any um, for any major mismanagement. I think he went because he his method of managing, his way of motivating a team, just stopped working. I think um, he lost the dressing room. That's what yeah, I mean. that's 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 my way of saying it. Yeah, he did. He lost the dressing room, and really, it, it is a similar manager because it makes sense to do it that way. It makes sense to. to to get someone in who can almost sort of slot back into that place. Now, I think I think Tony Pulis is a much harder, more disciplinarian type figure. But again, that's maybe a perception. Maybe he's not. But I think Holloway tried to get people motivated through encouragement, through a story, through a you know, and they were wonderful stories. And they one it was you know when I when we spoke to him, he was fantastic. He's the way he understood tactics, the fact he called Gelador, that sort of stuff. It was. You know, he, he was an engaging and he inspirational speaker. He did, yeah. <laughs> Gelador. Yeah, Gelador, yeah. But, like, um, yeah, he, uh, yeah but, but, you know, obviously Tony Pulis has a different approach. But, again, like you say, there are similarities there. And I think that, that's a fair comment. Um, oh, there's loads to do. But I think we're going to have to have to move on. I don't think we're going to have quite enough time to, to ring the lad we were going to ring to ring to speak to about Norwich. But never mind. We'll still preview that game in some form. There are some tweets and stuff. I mean, and there's a link to the article. Um, I think we'll retweet it. It's just come in courtesy of Crystal Palace GIFs. That's, oh, do you play it? It's a GIFs now, don't you? At CPFC GIFs, G-I-F-S. Um, go and have a look there. Uh, he's just tweeted it and tweeted it to us, which we will retweet. And if you don't follow him on Twitter already, follow him. Whew. 
run out of air. <clears throat> Uh, Hillary Chapman, I agree too. He's trying too hard and getting in some good positions. Needs confidence boost though. Who's that about? I've forgotten. Jamak. Okay. Thanks for that, Hillary. Um, I'm going to leave those alone now. Oh dear. Should probably stop commentating on what I'm actually doing. Uh, just generally, generally speaking, I think that the people have concern. I think Tony Pulis, as you can sum up with this, uh, people have concerns um, over the way. He was at Stoke. We don't want to be a Stoke. We want. We kind of almost want the results and the, you know, the resilience of a Stoke. But we don't want to watch. Um, well, let's put it this way: Dean Moxie's got a long throw. We don't want to watch watch Moxie launching the ball into the box for various different tall people to head into the net. Uh, but we want results, and we basically. Really? I don't. I, no, I don't. Oh, I'll have some of that. I'll have some. <laughs> Would you? Sounds like a pretty boy. Sounds like a pretty basic plan, really. Moxie <laughs> can launch the ball forty yards, and mm. Jednet can hit it in the back of the net, and it gives us hundred million quid next year. I'll have some of that. All right. Well, you're a very cynical man, Joe. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not. I'll just yeah. say that, and I'll sit on the fence about him as well. But Tony yeah. Johnson turned around and said, "An interesting Stoke fan in peace thread on the whole." Says so basically, we've yeah. got a top manager and a good bloke. Good start. So you know, well, there you go. And there, there are people who know a lot of Stoke fans that I've I've uh, observed have been very very positive about him as well. As um, I think you know, he's thought of very very highly there as their best or one of their best ever managers. So you can't you know, obviously there's a lot of positives to this appointment, and I guess it's just you know the concerns are natural. The almost the fear of the unknown and the fear of perception. Um, you know, like I say, I'm going to try and put my own preconceived ideas to rest and just get on with. Supporting the team and just hoping that um, hoping that he's someone who gets Palace basically because that's what it needs. Because Holloway himself said he had he had trouble because he didn't quite understand the place first of all. And I hope that, that Tony Pulis can kind of hit the ground running and, and get on board with us all. Uh, just a quick reference back to something we talked about: Hull, Chris one two three and Homesdale managed to sum it up so much better than I was trying to do about my concerns over the Hull owners um, trying to change the name. He says owners are only temporary custodians and should not mess with history. Which, is, uh, which helps a great deal. Should have read that earlier. Thanks, mate. Um, <coughs> uh, let's. Uh, any well, any last words on Tony Pulis before I move on? Because obviously we've got to talk about this Norwich thing, and then I've got to go and play my new Xbox One. Oh, let's back him. That's it. Just back him. Do what uh, Palace fans do. Whether you like him or not, he's our manager. Let's get behind him. Yeah, I really hope this uh, fabled. I'm going to tear up my season ticket thing. It's a lot harder now their cards anyway. But I hope. I just I hope no one is as stupid as that to give up a season ticket for a manager who hasn't managed a game yet. Uh, and I say now, yesterday wasn't the prettiest of games, but um, but winning it, you know, with a goal in the 81st minute and clearing off the line and having the ball at the post at the end, all the drama, all that sort of stuff, it was worthwhile. We saw we had 38% possession of the football, and it was quite a dull affair. But winning didn't. Made- didn't- Winning made all, what I'm saying is like winning made all the difference, and I came out of that a very very happy man. Sorry, Joe. Didn't, didn't Holloway once say that winning ugly is like taking the ugliest looking bird home? But as long as you get a result at the end of the night, <laughs> it don't matter what she looks yeah. like. He did, yeah. And there you go. Yeah. See, you can't always. He was always good for something. He yeah. weren't any good at football. He's good for quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That's but yeah, I know no, what you mean. I, I listen. I liked Holloway. I really yeah. did. And I was gutted when he left. But obviously, again, it was something beyond the scenes that we'd probably never, we're not privy to. But you know, as far as replacements go, you know, we could have been sitting there with with Dowie, who everybody would have hated. I'm sure the club did look 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 at that, and and I, I'm 
pretty sure that he was never even in the running. In all honesty, I don't think he was in the running. I think it was the bookmakers that made that up. Um, Chris Coleman, I believe he would have been close. Mm. But in saying that, does he want to sit in South London? Uh, I don't know. Could he just swan it around the world? You know. Yeah, um, so, so yeah. and everything with Wales, and you know, so, I don't know, the better life, I, really. I, yeah, I, I, would I, I think I struggled to come up with, with anyone better. I think, like I say, a lot of people right. got, a lot of people got behind Dan Petrescu, um, but again, based For what on reason? What yeah, exactly, based, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Based on very, very little, and the same with Karanka, um, who had a losing start to his career at Middlesbrough. Not saying that makes him a bad manager, just saying that a lot of people got behind him as an as an idea. Uh, but for very little practical reason, and, yeah, yeah. Popper. and Popovich as well. Although you know he's had one season as a as a manager, as probably don't you know, care. doesn't matter really. But he might he might be one for the future. There's a there's a few of those that might be one for the future. But there you go. Um, but yeah, okay. So they overlooked me. They did, yeah, and we're all angry about that, Joe. We're just going to try and live live on day by day. Thank you. You're angry on my, my behalf. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Another <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> photo, um, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, we um we go next week. We go to Caro Road to play Norwich. Um, Norwich. Relatively happy memories of the last time we were there. It was our only away win of the season, I think. Last time we went weren't there. Um, fun times, but uh, it's uh, they were they're an interesting side. They are very 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 inconsi- inconsistent, and they certainly come under the banner of one of those sides that we want to kind of drag down there with us. Uh, they're only four points clear of us at the moment. They've got quite a poor goal difference. A lot of that's to do with their uh, 7-0 thumping at the hands of uh, Man City. We put six past Tottenham today as well. Uh, they lost their last game out 2-1 to Newcastle. Uh, before that, they managed to beat West Ham 3-1 at Carrow Road. Um, uh, certainly, the evidence would suggest they're a stronger side at home than they are away, which is common for a lot of teams. Um but um, yeah, so seven nil defeat to Man City, four nil defeat to Nor- uh, to Man United. Sorry, uh, got a point off Cardiff, lost four one Arsenal, lost three one against Chelsea. So they had a, they've had a hard old run as well, I suppose, playing Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Man City in in, in quick succession. But um, I mean, victories they've beaten, they beat Stoke at the Potteries, I suppose, which is quite a tough one. Um, but and they beat Southampton, I suppose, early on in the season. But you know, obviously, they've been very, very good this season. So some warning signs there. Um, so yeah, but a very up and down side. And certainly, they seem to be able to con- certainly to, yeah, they concede a lot of goals. So what are we thinking, chaps? Alex, win, win, win. That's it. Oh well, it's uh, it's a tough game. But I'm quite pleased we've got them on this on this tough spell. I think that's quite nice to get them at the end of being thrashed because confidence will be low. We've won. Everyone's going to want to impress for, for Mr. Pulis. I think it's going to be quite interesting how we set up, actually. What if he makes any changes? Does he go with Cameron Jerome? He famously fell out with Dinny towards the end. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting one, isn't it, come January with that loan? So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think now everyone's a little com- a little bit more confident. The spirit's back. We could, we, we've shown that in the last two games we can defend. And now it's about putting the ball in the net. Joe? Uh, What Alex said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Score draw. Score draw for me. What? Okay, fair enough. That's not what Alex said at all. But all right. No, no. Um, Score score draw for me, I think. But I think it'll be more than one. mm. It'll be two, 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 I think. Well, Okay. I um I fancy our defence to uh to hold up as well as it's been holding up of late, and I can see another clean sheet coming. 
Uh, and I think we'll um, I think we'll put them to the sword. I think it'll be 2-0. Two, two goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's for? <laughs> for Palace. Who's going to no. score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to yeah. score? Uh, I think Dwight Gale will get one. Will and he play? That's a nice one. Will he yeah, play? Yeah, he'll play. He'll play, yeah. He'll play. We won't see too much of a difference. I think we'll probably see pretty much the same 11, barring probably Chimak for Jerome. I think I think Pulis will play Jerome because he knows him and he'll put aside their... They're um, slight falling out. So, there you go. Uh, that's what and I think. I think, yeah, Jerome will get you on. Yeah. Can I talk about January as well, briefly, do you think? Yeah, of course you will. Yeah, that's a good, good point, yeah. The chances of Owen Garth... Do you mean February? ...and Stephen Dobby <laughs> coming back in? <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing at Jail's ridiculous comment. Um, sorry, Stephen Dobby <laughs> coming back in and... He, said, he just said... In Garvin. Um, that's, a, that's a big one. I, I, all, I, all I'm sure about is that something will happen defensively um, in January. Um, and then it's a case of how, you know, how do you, how do you accommodate the return of Glenn Murray? Um, and then, yeah, does does Garvin come in and play a part? Is he a sort of Tony Pulis type of player? Uh, Dobby. We look at someone like Adam. He was yeah, a but player, I, I, he? I, was, I was thinking that, but then I was thinking if you've got Bannon and you've got Williams, they, that's, that's your Charlie Adams right there, I think. Oh, no. I think Charlie Adams is in a different quality to him, so oh, my stop, personal stop, opinion. Stop, you called him Charlie Adams. I said Charlie Adam, apostrophe S. And he's an alcoholic, but I'm not yeah. pointing fingers. You can't oh, say that. Yeah, we are going to get sued. No, you can't say a... that. Alex, Alex, can you please withdraw that comment? I withdraw it, but... Someone, <laughs> no someone very no famous... What, someone very, very famous said that. But he was... Yeah, but not you. Yeah. <laughs> and not on no. our radio show. Yeah, cool. <laughs> No, I'd, I'd, Can I just distance Homestay Radio uh, Limited, as we're now a limited company, from the comments, oh, yeah, I don't think, yeah. from the comments of Mr. Alex White? Uh, he's not a real person, he's a fictional character, and anything he says should be treated as a lie. There you go. Dan. Dan. <laughs> uh, anyway. He's um, always so special. He is, he is, but that's because he works for Sky. and it's part, it's, he, I think Rupert Murdoch puts a chip in their brains when they start. You realise we're a limited company and now you're saying that. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I've done it again. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Chris Hambling is a fictional character and anything he says should be considered as a lie. I'm not. Oh. I'm actually really real. He, Joe is the only real one, that's true. Um, clowns. What a haphazard, insane end to the show. But um, uh, Oh, hang on a second. I've just no. I was about to end the show, but Tony's said something. Do the panel feel it's a bit disappointing at twenty-two pound a ticket? What's a bit disappointing? Twenty-two pound a ticket. Nine twenty. Oh, nine hundred twenty-one people there. Uh, yes, I do think it's disappointing. What? Um, one one uh, to only take nine hundred twenty-one to Hull when Norwich and Chelsea have sold out. Um, and Hull was always going to be the better, the better experience for me. Not just because it's a city of culture, but um. But because ah. it's, a, it's a six pointer, do you know what I mean? It's a real six pointer, and Tony's raising the point that we we only sold nine twenty one. Um, it's a cheap ticket. It was very cheap for me because when we when we got there, um, all the players' comps were being handed out to, to fans who would then go and get a refund. So I actually left the KC Stadium with more money than I uh, than I went in with, which was very very pleasing. And obviously, like to very much thank the players for that, for giving out their comps for nothing. It was great, um, but it was a yeah, it was it was like being a, having a proper away day again. To be honest with you, the let's say the atmosphere wasn't fantastic in my view. It was still good because we we always are. But um, but oh, yeah, it's disappointing not to see 
people clamouring and paying 55 quid a ticket for Chelsea and they can't pay 22 quid for a whole ticket. I just, I know it's a long distance, but if you book it early enough, you can go on the club coach or you can go on a train for that. It's very difficult. I don't want to end on a negative that you've made me do it, Tony. Um, we've got anything positive to say so we can end. We won. We did win, didn't we? Yeah. And we kept a we, clean sheet. We're not bottom. We kept another clean sheet. And, and Millen's our hero. He is. Um, Claude, Claude has also, Michael CBFC 11, has gone for 11-0 Palace against Norwich. And uh, Connor, who's gone for um, Cameron Jerome to beat Norwich 2-1. Uh, so those are also positive things. Tom so, Fancy, who's our, one of our producers, mm. he's, uh, he's four word reviews. Um, I want uh, Xbox One, <laughs> which is five, I think. Yeah, which is yeah. why he's, Mike is producing and Tom isn't. <laughs> that's right well, <laughs> can't even play you, our own game properly no I know the thing is when you when you get someone as your like your stand in right you have to make sure they're slightly worse than you are so Mikey's pretty bad so he's got Tom and then obviously Tom can't count um so <laughs> Joe basically that that was actually a thinly veiled criticism of you standing in for me last week but you didn't seem to get it so no it's just completely over my head I always ignore criticism anyway but, yeah but that's that's why I got that's why I got like, like of one of life's like one of life's little flies. I just swap them off and carry on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And last word, Jack uh, Jack Gervin has just predicted a one 0 win for Palace against Norwich. Look, we're going to let you go because we've all completely lost our sort of train of thought, and it's just for turning into a twat. That's oh, nice abuse coming in. Some, someone someone phoned in. Oh no! Don't say it was the producer. No, it was. Um, he wasn't very happy with my comments about him there. He gets very sensitive. Ah, oh, fun times. Anyway, listen, thank you very much. Sorry about the end of the show. I apologise immensely. It's been a long weekend um, and emotional. But, listen, we're, uh, we're winning and we're going to go. So, thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley in Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.